what's going on everybody it's me it's me it's the p-r-i-m-e coming back at you guys with another episode of the prime nostalgia podcast i am here with a woman that needs no introduction i want to say she's a vampire because she doesn't age but somewhere she says she's gonna age it's trina mcgee how are you doing i'm doing great how are you i am bored in the house but it's still fine i know i'm bored in the house too I take an occasional bike ride because it's very sparse where I'm at, but that's about it. <laughs> well, for people that don't know you, can you kind of, a little bit, kind of tell them who you are for the people that's, you know... What, what, what? Someone doesn't know me? Oh my gosh, no, I'm kidding. A lot of people don't know me, but yes, I played a character called Angela on a show called Boy Meets World that has been on television in reruns for sometimes six hours a day. For hey, about twenty. Those were great days. And, and, yeah, and um, you know, now you can find it on various outlets. But people have been watching the show for so long, um, and that I've pretty much been um, at this point. Who knows what the future brings? Uh, identifiable as that character, the black girl on the show. Yeah, and I'm yeah. fine with it. It's great, and it's a great legacy, and I'm very proud of it. I only asked for you to introduce yourself like that is because. Most times, most actors don't get the respect of knowing their names. Like, no offense, people call, uh, yeah. oh my gosh, people call Jaleel Urkel, you know, or, I know, so, I know. you know, <laughs> so I, I just want, when that happens, you have yeah. to come to terms with it, and just ride it out, you know, <laughs> so I just wanted to get that out there, the name is Trina McGee, you know, but you mentioned Boy Meets World, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. In different sets, different areas of where people are. Uh, would you have some experiences on the set of Boy Meets World? Would you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah. Um, you know, the experiences that are of importance right now are <clears throat> coming out in some news articles lately. Um, and due to myself uh, having a little moment in January, I was in bed and I was uh, PMSing. A little bit and uh, <laughs> I'm in there you know how you're just you're, you're a girl and you're, you're thinking of some things that have happened and uh, specifically in this um, I had seen that some of the other cast members were going on some conventions mm-hmm. and I wasn't invited but yet I had a fan base that kept asking me why aren't you at the conventions so I kind of in my mind had been muddled over this and a lot of series of events that I kind of felt were, were some big and some small slights um, and, and over the years, you know, and you haven't, sometimes, like, you ever have an incident where something happens, someone says something to you, now you may be better than me than this, but, and someone says something, and you say something back, but then you, like, years later, you're like, I wish I had a said, and why didn't I say, you know, <laughs> and so I'm looking at these, you know, so I'm a girl, we, we think about it sometimes over the years, you know, not obsessively, but I felt slighted about the conventions. And people were asking me, and I said, you know, I just kind of said, you know what, what if I got to lose? What if I just said what some of the not-so-great experiences were, you know? And because it kind of shouted to me as an overall vibe as to why I might be not included in these experiences. Now, I've heard other things, conventions pay this, and they don't want to pay, and da-da-da-da. But you know what, at the end of the day, it kind of just felt good to say, you know what, don't, I have a voice. I'm not to be trampled over. Um, and don't think that it's okay because I maybe didn't address it the right way at that time to still keep that vibe going on every time we all 
get together, there's a little slight of this. So particularly, I noticed I had mentioned three things that had happened with cast members, not naming their names, but some blogs had picked it up and they called it extreme racism. Yeah. And I think that's really more why I want to talk about it now, because that was not extreme racism. Definitely not. Um, and what, Yeah, extreme racism is when my great-grandfather, Scotty McGee, had to leave South Carolina because he had had been given the wrong change by the clerk. And the white clerk told him he had to go with his family or else he'd be lynched that night. That is extreme racism. Yeah. So whatever I was experiencing was not that. It's <laughs> you know? probably just a um, news person trying to get more headlines, trying to get more eyes, basically. Probably what that is. Well, I, I, find, I find with news outlets, whoever they are backed by, the vibe of the article is always going to be different. Um, there was a French article that came out about it, and it was more of a humanitarian look on upon it. Okay. You know, so what really what it was is what's funny enough is the person who called me on Shemima because that was the racist offense. What had happened was is I was uh, in the makeup and trailer room, and I was getting my hair and makeup done. They hadn't finished my hair, and they wanted us to come out and rehearse the scene that they had been newly written because we were going to have to tape it probably that night or the next day. Okay. So I wrapped my hair up. And it's Ignon, you know, an African rap. And I come onto the set, and the comedian <laughs> comes to me and says, Hey, you look like Aunt Jemima. And I was like, Whoa, oh, whoa. So I waited till the scene ended, and I walked over to the person. And I said, you know that was racist, right? That's not cool. You don't say that to a black woman. We, we have to not feel it. Am I right, though? Can you get a K? Can you get one of y'all on that K? I mean, do you really think, as a black woman, really wants to hear Aunt Jemima? I mean, come on. So, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah. So then, so then I said that was offensive. So he didn't really, and he didn't really get it. He goes, "Well, I like your syrup. How's that offensive?" Wow. <laughs> Then I so then I began to calmly explain to him though why it was offensive. That there had been laws that women had to wrap it as part of an uh, African heritage. It's, it's, I'm I'm Haitian. I'm IEP. Don't ah no. So, but at that point he still didn't quite get it, and he said, "Well, like, I don't see it that way. It's more like somebody saying I'm the Jolly Green Giant. I wouldn't be offended by that, but, you know." But I think at this point, I looked at him when he said that, and I said, this person is not racist. They are just not educated and don't really yeah. want to be in this moment because they want to be funny. I just feel like maybe they weren't so much racism as, as the angst of insecure teenagers. And you have to remember, I was older than everybody on the show. And, you know, and just, you know, that's. I can't really say if that was racism, maybe it was DNA racism, the other two situations, but I do know that the Ashamima thing was just like a dumb person at the time. Okay. So, but it also was a dumb person that I actually had a lot of good times with too, you know, and sometimes when you're a black person in the midst of the white friends, you have to school people. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go to war now, but it could be a situation. It could be a great teaching moment. It could be a learning moment, you know, and funny enough, uh, two days ago, I actually talked to him. Well, when you saw the tweet, I said, yeah, immediately. So the, this person immediately sent me an apology letter. The person um, <clears throat> who called me Aunt Jemima immediately sent uh, a, a sorry 
an apology letter. And it was very sweet and it was very kind. And he pointed out in the letter that, Trina, thank you for pointing that out then. I've carried it with me the rest of my life. And I realized as I got older that when you say something offensive, it doesn't matter what your intent is. If that is the effect on a situation that has so deeply hurt so many people in such a way, you have to be careful. If you're an entertainer who cares about your responsibility of being an entertainer, then you're going to consider this, this, you're going to consider these things. And this person did. And he said, you know, Trina, my life has never been the same since then on the point of this matter. And I learned and I changed the way that I think and my perspective. And I can, I even do my comedy different. I approach it differently. And, um, it was a really, really cool thing. And he also said, I really applaud you for coming to tell me about it, but you didn't come and scream at me and roll your neck. You just quietly in his Zen way said, hey, this is what it is. You know, um, now at the time, I thought maybe I could file a lawsuit, but then, you know, <laughs> I just don't have the heart to do that. You know, and that's the kind of thing. This is a real cancel culture. These things can be things that we take from each other, that we learn from, especially now at this time when we really, really need to come together just to really as a means of survival. Um, and, it, and not even in a physical way, obviously, but we need to put our heads together. We need to be thinking. We need unity. And we don't need to be um, separated by phrases like extreme racism. No, I, I should have told, I could have had this conversation with him years ago and it could have been resolved. You know what I'm saying? But in a way, I'm glad it got resolved the way it did because I know other people have had this experience and I know that it doesn't have to be this, this horrific situation. People can learn from each other. And I'm very humble that I had an opportunity to make it a teaching moment and not a war. Yeah, like that. more. <laughs> and I was just saying, more people need teaching moments because you know, more people. A lot of people just don't know. Not that it's racist, yeah. but a lot of people just don't know the other side. The other side, or even sexist. You know what I'm saying? Or just, just, just be, or even shaming bodies, shaming career, you know, professions dehumanizing in general it's just not gonna get it's just not gonna get it get us through this life um uh peacefully and um i think everybody just needs to really chill on how they're seeing each other and i think funny enough before this virus came along i think things were really getting out of hand with dehumanization and i think the virus may not help it but i think people are going to be a little bit more forced to think about who they might need who are in, in an event that they are dehumanizing somebody whose knowledge they might need. You know, we're yeah. dehumanizing people and calling it the China virus and everything. We might need their, their information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, so that's all. You know, people, really people don't know. Everybody's got to get way more educated on each other and less ignorant on each other. You know? I mean, like, you know, especially with your cases, you know, maybe... 90 maybe percent of the cast the crew and all that is a different you know thing is a oh, yeah let me break it down for you oh, okay all right it was me okay one lighting guy me one lighting guy okay and then when i came on they brought in this fabulous woman she was a writer named erica montopolo and she was like a the, the black person consultant okay erica was great but she wasn't 
She grew up in, in Beverly Woods. She wasn't oh, a black oh, okay. person. Okay. No offense, not that being urban means you're no more black, but I'm not, I don't know if, if I think it, I don't know how, how effective that was. But I do think that we on, on Bonnie's World, we, we hit a lot of home runs in that area. Yeah. So I will yeah. give Erica that, or if it was Erica not. I, do. I don't know. I think in the 90s, they did that. They would hire a black person. Or, or even not just, they would hire coaches and people like that to coach a longer show. <laughs> well, just speaking on quote-unquote Angela for a minute, uh, your hair, like, literally, maybe the best hair on a show ever, I would probably say. Cause it, I've gotten a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of comments on the hair. People don't know that um, I did my hair. I did my own hair. So it didn't always look so great and polished every episode. Sometimes I was like, ooh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I right The night before taping, I'd be up doing micro braids. You know, and I just, you know, I don't know why I didn't just hire someone. But it just wouldn't come out the way I would want it when I wanted it. And the, the hairdressers really, for the show, really weren't for that. You know, this I'm the only black person. And mm-hmm. I can't ask a, I can't ask Lori Heaps to come over and do yeah. microbades. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't blame them. Like, it's, you know, this bad. But maybe they should have hired someone, but maybe they didn't have the budget. But at the end of the day, that's what you got. No, seriously, I seen, like, a picture, and it was, like, 12 different hairstyles that you had. I'm like, oh, all these are, like, nice. So... They yeah. have, they've had, they have a couple of those montages. Somebody keeps putting out a lot of those montages of those square boxes. Of, yeah. Because I've seen a couple, yep. too, with a couple more hairstyles. Yep. <laughs> you know, so that's cool. Even, even when, so, I was going to say, even when you came back, that hairstyle, I thought it looked pretty good, too. So, I mean, hey. Well, I got some, some people saying, why are you wearing blonde hair? And I don't like that, about that. And some people liked it, but... You know what? If they're not saying nothing, you ain't done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no, it's a, no, it's a, it's a style. It's, it's a good. All of them, honestly, were good. I I know what you mean when you say a couple of episodes, you were like, whoa. But I'll tell you which one. <laughs> there was one when me when um the Topanga character was gonna date someone else. And we were at an art museum. Oh, yes. Okay. She, tells, okay. she tells me she loves him. And yeah. my hair's like pumped up to the sun. I'm like, damn. Just talk about the hair for a little bit. Like, for mm-hmm. most black girls, young black girls, watching the show at that time or whatever, probably like, oh, that's actually, I can wear my hair like that and it'd be okay. Because some people get ridiculed about their hair. Yeah. So, yeah. that you know, they, they, they really is a big It's a big thing for us. You know, we have been made to feel over you know, decades that we had to adapt to a hair type that's not ours. So, you know, I really love changing my hair anyway. But um, to see, you know, what it could do in, in real life. So it was nothing for me to, to keep doing it on television. But if that gave anybody inspiration, like, hey, I'm, I'm walking out the door like this and I'm cute. Now, speaking of just shows in general, just being like in the public eye, how has being in the public eye for you been whether it's, you know, the the people coming up to you or the nice people or even the mean people. Just how is that? Um, you get used to it after a while. I think where I am on the, store, the star spectrum is kind of like sometimes it's outrageous. Like, oh, my God, it's Angela. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, how you doing? And then, or, hey, Lark, hey, Lark, boys. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, did I go to high school with you? <laughs> 
and you know where I can kind of move and be about you know and, and it feels good and then there are pockets in time where the show really wouldn't air that much and I would feel very anonymous mm. and I love that too you know I don't have an attachment I feel that that's a, that's a job. I've been doing this since I was 19, mm-hmm. and I'm 50, yep. you know, and so it's been since then that I've been recognized on and off uh, for years, and I just feel like it's a, I have a very, my family history is in a political service on my Haitian side. My great-great-great-grandfather was the second president of Haiti, who ruled for 30 years, um, I am related to Alex Didier, the senator. I'm former senator, uh, one of the governors, uh, General Delator in 1800. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, so there, the public service thing is in my blood, and I feel like that is what it is. It, it comes up, I feel it's a public service. I feel that it's a platform, actually, to do the divine things if I wish to. Um, and um because that's really my family tradition. Other people made it other ways, you know, it might be just a, I don't know how they see it, but that's how I see it. I see it as a, a full responsibility. And when some comes up to me, as long as they're not creepy, you know, it's my job to be of light to them. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen, I've personally myself seen like how people growing up watching a show, uh, come and talk to some people. I'll be honest with you. Some of them are not, <laughs> they are not trying to be creepy, but the way that it comes off is is <laughs> kind of creepy. Like, well, Boy Meets World has a lot of creepy people. Can I tell you one quick story about creepy Boy Meets World fans? Though? Sure, I'm, we, I'm here for we, stories. We, we, <laughs> we used to have every Friday night this family that would come every single tape night. Every I think it was Friday night or Thursday night. They'd be there, front row. And they looked like they were from uh, West Virginia. Like okay. the father had a long beard, no thing. And then one of the one of the, one of the cast members started calling them the Stalker family. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then, then it became they would do like the audience thing. We'd be like, "Get up, Stalker family!" Like we'd call them the Stalker family to their face. And it was so sad. One day, and then one day they came, and the dad wasn't there from the Stalker family. And we so we asked him, hey, what happened to Dad? He was getting heart surgery. Oh, And they okay. still came to the painting. Dad, yeah, okay. <laughs> he probably was like, hey, go go get a picture with him and uh, make yeah. sure. Yeah. Go on without me. <laughs> now, <My gosh. laughs> with you also being in Hollywood, what are some experiences do you think people can learn from? Like, for example, you know, skin color can play a tone, uh, just people maybe, maybe or maybe not take you seriously because of the stuff that you've acted in. How could that hurt um, or help somebody? You know what I'm kind of realizing now at this point in my life? That none of that matters. And that those are traps that people get into. And what really matters in Hollywood, Hollywood is the biggest example of this. For those who do break through, it is what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. Eventually, if you keep pushing it through, it will project. And that will be your outcome. Because Hollywood is just the speaker filter to go out from. Yeah, I played this role and that role. But then there comes a time, okay, well, you're known. You're, You're Trina McGee. You know, you know, as far as Angela, but from here, I can't. I don't. I'm so not even. Cons- 
I put action to that belief, and it's truly there every day, anything is possible. Yeah. And I think that's why that's what people really need to. Yes, there are boundaries, but there are people who have broken through these boundaries, and it takes a very special like game on yourself to do that. And I'm willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to do it, baby. <laughs> now, just a side note. Uh, as for like things that you have been say maybe wanting to do, is there like mm-hmm. something that you want to do acting wise that like either always not haunted you but always was in the back of your mind? Well, I think what I want to do acting acting wise, and I don't know if it's haunting me because I'm work I'm starting to work on it now. I think it just comes with time and age and wisdom. Is I'd like to tell uh, my stories, not only in front of the screen, um, but behind the scene. You know, I've, I've learned over the years how to direct, how to produce, and I'm really interested in conveying some of the real human great things. And honestly, because I just love to tell my business sometimes, <laughs> that have happened to me, because I think that's part of the, 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 the road of a humanitarian, where you can share your story in truth and convey it to people, and it helps them. So that's really what I'm looking at next. I'm writing several scripts. I have uh, one movie coming out next year that I had done. It's been been in editing forever. But, um, yeah, I will be definitely doing a lot more behind the scenes, probably writing and producing stuff that I'm starring in. That's nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, really. It's, that easy is great. it's easy to work with me. I'm great. <laughs> you working with me, we great. We, we, we got it. Honestly, I would be ready to see what those projects are. You know, oh, great. it'd be great. Do you have like a? Oh, great. <laughs> you have like a a favorite genre of stuff that you like to watch, or just you know? I personally, I'm a girly girl. I like uh, dramedies. Okay. I like romantic comedy, dramedy kind of thing. Okay. Kind of like what Boy Meets World is. We're joking, we're joking, we're joking, and then boom, Dad, you said, <laughs> you know. So that, I, like, I like that. I do like dramedies. Thrillers are good, and I also like documentaries. Okay. Yeah. I think my... I have, like, probably two favorites. My, you know, I like the, the buddy cop action. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. And then I like the... For some reason, I don't... I guess it's just one director got me into it, but I like the teen... Just the teen movies in general, like the Ferris Bueller's or the Breakfast Club, those type of... Oh yes, teen yes, yes, movies. Yes. I've seen all. Yeah. I've seen all the all the John Hughes. Movies yeah, John Hughes. Yeah, John Hughes is is fantastic. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just he gets that he gets that feeling of being a teenager or how they actually act down pat. That's probably why I like it because it's like realistic rather than some other yes. movies that is he not. Gets the, he gets the angst and the real feeling of it, and that's yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's like it's, it's like he's coming through the eyes of the. Uh, the teenager. Yeah, he gets the real um, feel and not the parent that doesn't know anything that's going yeah. on. She says, not my Billy, so yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite movie though? Sweet Breakfast Club or Sweet you like 16 Candles? Oh, my favorite John Hughes movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, it, it might be 16, well, it yeah. might be 16 Candles or Breakfast Club just because of yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Breakfast Club, there's nothing happening. Like, they just sitting around. But it's <laughs> so know. much so much character development that I like. Yeah. So. That's exactly what made... And see, that tells you, if you care about the 
care about the person in the in the in the project, that's really just more than half the battle. Yeah, you know? yeah. More than half. You can get away with a lot just by doing that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Also, I like. I like. I like. I also like the black classic '90s movies, like Baby Boy, the Fridays movie. Yeah, the Friday after yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, you know, I like. I like the classic black Boys in the Hood. Yep. You know the yep. John Singleton's. I do like those movies. I always, I always turn those on. And every other, I've seen all of them a million times. Painful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Set it off. Oh, you know. Set it off. Go Can't on. Players Club. Players Club. Poetic Justice. We keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Poetic Justice. Set it off was really good, though. That was the one. That was the one. Yeah, so. I can talk about movies all day. I'm sorry. I just. I know, yeah. right? I know. <laughs> it's oh, just God. something that I love. Like, is there any movie that you, like, would have wanted to play in? And you like, ah, um, I could have well, done that. Uh, there's a couple of movies that I should have been in. A lot of people don't know the movie Clueless. Oh, oh. Came down to me, came down to me and Stacy Dash, oh, and the okay. other pick and and the other pick the couple was Terrence Howard oh. and Donald Faison. Okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then we were the interesting uh, to audition for that, and then you know Stacy and Donald walk away with it. You know, Terrence. I don't know. Can, can you see Terrence playing Donald's part? I I can't you know? honestly. <laughs> I'm not the name it was. I wanted to be in it. I didn't get because uh, there was there was a couple of those. I can't remember. Wait, um, oh, I know. I wanted to be in Living Single so bad. Oh, and, they, and it was Kim Field's uh, part. She got that part. Oh, Kim Field. <laughs> and I kept calling. I, I would have be Regine because I had auditioned. For, I think I had, I had auditioned for that. Yeah, and then I just hounded them. I wanted that part so bad. But that was that was not meant for me, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, then, but then shortly after that, that's when I got Boy Meets World. So it all worked yeah. out. Everybody yep. found yep. their place. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, you know what? This this might be my last movie question. Okay, because we could talk about this all day. But okay. how much <laughs> of a movie's soundtrack helps out the movie for you when you're watching it? Oh, for me, I know this is the girl who buys the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you met the right person. Okay. My favorite soundtrack of all is Marvin Gaye's soundtrack to Trouble Man. Oh, ooh, okay. It is the bomb. Okay. And then also like Isaac Hayes' Shaft. Yeah. Soundtrack yep, is yep. great. That's really great. You know, it makes a big difference. And honestly, music can disturb me. Like, I'll be watching this and I'm like, why the hell did they pick that music? Yeah. It totally didn't work. You know, so it's very, music is very important in my life. And when it's come going along in the back of a film, you know, I get, I'll, I'll yell at the screen if it ain't right. There's one thing as original music, and then, of course, you have, like, scores, which that changes, yes. too. Yes. Oh, you know, my favorite score is um, the, the score to the, well, I don't know if this is a score, but the, uh, the, theme, the theme to the Godfather. Ah, okay. Because okay. They, they started one way, it's like the same song running, but they just take snippets yeah. of each part of the song and apply it to different scenes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Yep. You know. I like like a John Williams. John Williams probably did every score, famous score known to men, like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, oh, Jaws. Oh, well, let me check him out. John Williams. Okay. Yeah, he did like Jaws, uh, Jurassic Park, Star oh. Wars. Um, ah, everyone you can name probably except for Back to the Future, I think. But he's done he's done them oh. all. He's done a lot. So the scores okay. and, and the original songs, I think, like, I, really, yeah. 
I think waiting to exhale soundtrack was like the highest. Oh, that was. Yeah, I think that was like the highest CD that year, or the highest like you know bought CD that year that it came out. I remember that very well. Yeah. Very well. That was that was we just played that all all. Yep. I think it was like in the fall that Lady came out. I remember it that well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we just played that over and over. Yep. Not gonna cry. <laughs> not Oh, yes. You know what, Trina? Speaking of music and scores and just this music conversation, we could talk about music for days, but I want to just listen to some music. And right now, I want to listen to Amy Correa Bell. Yo, what's up, friends and family? This is Amy Correa Bell, and you're about to tune in and listen to my new single, Supreme. Probably for the rest of my life. 
Okay, okay. No, really, her art is like very well done. You should got you guys should check it out. Trina McGee art, like really, like when do you think you'll be starting to do pieces for people? Like, say somebody say, I kind of want to do this. When do you think that'll be? I have done. I have. I have done pieces for people. I have sold pieces. Um, about two years back, I was doing more art on on canvas. I honestly think within the eighteen months, next eighteen months, definitely. Okay. You know, I don't know if people have money to buy art right now. Well, yeah. Good. So I'm gonna give it a minute. I'm gonna give it a minute till we get it all back together. Okay, ain't no you telling. Know, and in the meantime, I'll just, just keep creating, keep creating. And the funniest thing, you can do a painting from five years ago. It'll sit if it's, if it's there for sale. You know, I've gotten an offer. You know, five years later. You know, what's this for that? You know, so that's what I do love about art, and I love coming back to the old art I've done and be like, wow, that's how I was feeling then. All my art is about how I'm feeling. There's okay. no question about that. Yep. <laughs> you know. So if you, if you had an argument that one day and you see like it's all red in the background, you you know why? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you're looking at it and you did it, you know it was you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, art is just—it's a—it's a nice, creative, expressive thing to do. Lots of people do yeah. art. Lots of people do, you know, writing, dancing, anything. These so. things are really important because what they yeah. do is they tell the story of your society at a time, and it tells these are the these are the most truthful things that a society can leave behind for generations to come. You can write a book, you can say this, but the art tells it what really happened, for the most part, unless you get some artful liars, because that's happened too. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, you get the vibe of what was going on with those people. If you look at paintings from the 50s, you can see they all, everybody kind of had that same running theme in their head, that jazz Picasso thing going on, you know, up until the 90s when we see you know, Kalinde doing those great colors and, you know, more realistic situations. I mean, the list goes on and on, but it definitely is always a reflection of the decade and the time. People can't even help but being even in their own creativity on that sink. You know, and I, I like I like that because I think it tells the story of the people. Yeah, everybody needs a story. Everybody tells their story the way that they oh, yeah. feel like it. Yeah, that's how we survive, knowing other people's stories, so we know we're we're, we're not we're not so bad. Yes, yeah, so I'm not so bad. I can do this. Yeah, we did yeah. that. You know, ain't nothing new under the sun. Well, can you let everybody know where they can find you, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or anywhere? Yeah, just go to go to my Instagram at the real Trina McGee. I think it's or it's real Trina McGee at the real Trina McGee on Instagram at real Trina McGee on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm going to be coming out with my own line called Trina McGee's Wellbeing Market. Okay. And it's a, it's a line of indigenous herbs um, that you can take to um, basically stay young forever like me. Yeah. So look out, look out for that. I'm already doing a, a lot of work in, in introducing the products. Um, as soon as this uh, COVID is over, I should have everything you're going to need to really just keep staying young, keep staying fit, keep staying healthy, well-being. Everything that has to do with well-being, that's really what I'm into and how I, I, I keep it together. And um, yep. avoid um, premature aging. We don't have to. We don't have to age prematurely. There's a lot of things we can do, but you have to be diligent about it. Uh, uh, so I'm. I really would like to teach. I like to teach, and I like to learn, and that's what I'll be teaching everybody real soon. And you'll be seeing it on on Instagram, and soon you'll be knowing where to get it. Yep, yep. Her Instagram is like a her 
you know, you're working out one day, you're getting fit the next day. So, yeah, it was yeah. really good. Yes. All of that is going to come together um, to create one kind of go-to spot for your well-being, whether it's exercise classes, whether it's try this herb for your for your lungs, for your hair, whether it's here's a method of steaming your face with mugwort. Have you ever tried a V-steam? You know, there's just so many things people have done over the centuries, especially indigenous people, Asians and Africans, um, things that they have been doing for, you know, 20,000 years or so that have helped women stay together and stay fit, and men. And I, and I come from that kind of heritage. I'm, I'm of Caribbean descent. And all of that's just been in me for centuries. And uh, I just really happy to, to, to give it out to everybody else. I think it's a good time for it. Yeah, well, really. Really, really, really. Like, just another side note, because I like to go on side notes, you know. I'm not professional, I guess. Um, <laughs> during, right. during the quarantine, can do you have anything that these people can watch? Anything you would suggest for people to watch during quarantine? Oh, you gotta watch Boy Meets World. Well, that was the first. <laughs> that was the first season. Um, no, you know what I like? I like, yeah, I like weird movies. Like, oh gosh, you ever seen Looking for Mr. Goodbar with Diane Keaton? <laughs> no, I have not. I've heard about it. I have not watched it because I, I like don't know where movie. I can I like find weird it. Movie. Yeah, it's hard to find, but I think you know, if you go on YouTube, maybe you can buy it. Okay. You know, okay. Or something like that. That, that the Ozarks is good. I'm, I want to watch that. I haven't gotten to the third season of that. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. Yep. Yeah. And I like Better Call Saul. And there's one about to come out, some feminist one on FX. I forgot what the name was, but that was pretty good too. Okay. But you know, okay. you know, but though I've really actually have been a little bit more into reading mm, okay. than I have been uh, looking at shows because I know what that's about. And I've been doing a lot, a lot of, uh, Reading on American short stories, okay. um, you know, art of the Western world, just a lot of a, uh, just I, I just feel like this is a great time to get educated, mm, and yep. reading books is, a, is a, especially if you're reading things that are historical and fact based. You know, you're you're gaining some real knowledge that helps you in the real world instead of particularly gaining it off of someone else's perspective. So then, when you do watch the shows. You have this plethora of knowledge in your head that's actually real to kind of gauge it within what you're watching. It makes for such more of an interesting entertainment when you educate yourself. Yep, yep. You know, that's what I'm doing. I got the books. Okay, <laughs> okay. You have, yeah. Do you have a, a book that you think somebody should just start on that will help them, you know, just be entertained during quarantine? Any suggestions? Entertained during quarantine. So that's, I get so serious. I'm going to look at my books right now. Okay. I would say... Check out Song of Solomon okay. and Tar Baby by Toni Morrison is a good one. Okay. Um, 100 Years of Solitude by Grable Garcia Marquez okay. is a great one. Oh, Walter Mosley, Little Scarlet. That's, that's nice. Okay. And uh, what else we got here? Maybe two more really good ones. Um, you know what I like? Is it's so People might think it's remedial, but I love reading. It's Aesop's Fables. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's just these little, little lessons of like the donkey and the fox and then you're like yeah it teaches you like little things you need to remember yeah and yeah. then another one i like is oh the wealth of nations by adam smith okay that sounds like, like that a good one. name yeah <laughs> yeah so well, well and then, uh, yeah. i also read i'll give you one more um 
Laws of the Game, How the Principles of Nature and Govern Chance. Okay. By Manfred Egan and Ruth Winkler. I like that one. Okay. So I, I do like to read books about the psychology of people and how people react and how different people who come from different regions of the world conduct their cultures and their, their sociology. And I think that's really kind of the, one of the most important things to know about in the world if you're trying to get along in the world and uh, be successful. Anyways... One last question I am going to ask because, well, I gotta ask you first. Are you a big comedy special person? I do like I am kind of. I do. I like Dion Cole's last uh, comedy special. Ah, yes. I thought that was really funny. I put that. Um, I put that on, not expecting to know what it was, and it was. was Yeah, that's honestly the last good one I've heard. I have to check back in and see what's out there. But I, I am a person who will put on comedy and do the dishes. Okay. Really, I love that. You know. <laughs> we, you know, said where they can watch a movie. We, we told them a movie oh. to watch during quarantine. We gave them a book. Now we're going to give them a comedy special. Do you have one that's probably, you know, on Netflix or somewhere easy to watch that they can watch? We're giving them all types of content. All right. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying to be serious. Uh, something comedy that they can just watch Netflix. Oh gosh. Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle okay. is really my favorite set. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. That just reminded uh, me of a, of a Dave Chappelle joke. Now don't tense up for me. I want you guys to think I'm like an angry black guy. I, mean, I am an angry black guy, but you know what I mean? I have a right to be an angry black guy, though. It's different for me. See, I don't know if you guys believe in reincarnation or not, but I have been black Four lives in a row. I need a... So, so, <laughs> that is actually... They, I thought that was funny. Do you have... So you say Dave Chappelle. That's your, that's your one you giving Dave Chappelle? Okay. Yeah, I, I can't really... Uh, Dave Chappelle, yeah. old Eddie Murphy, even though like the old Eddie Murphy will put it on and it's not like as funny to everybody else as it was to you. Well, like, I mean... <laughs> It's it's like, um you know. some of it is timey with the the language that he's using and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I can't I can't really think of any more really comics other than Dion and Dave Chappelle being my favorite. I like Chris Rock too. Okay, I thought the last the last this last comedy special was good. I just remember he had done one years back that really knocked him really into the game. Okay, and, um, okay, that, that was my favorite one of him. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably, I'd probably give him Dave Chappelle Killing Me Softly because that is just a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to, depending on what kind of laugh you want, I would say Bernie Mac, anything Bernie mm-hmm. Mac. Depending on yeah. if you want to, because, you know, some of the stuff he say is, is messed up, but it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then if you want just, if you want just a, a regular laugh that's not, with nobody saying nothing messed up, then probably go with a Kevin Hart. He most likely keeps yeah. it keeps it clean to where he can still work the next day. While you know Eddie Murphy, he ain't care. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Kevin. Kevin is up there too. Kevin's with me. I'm with Kevin. I'm with Kevin. Kevin be making me laugh. Yeah, sure. he makes me laugh, <laughs> but you can tell like he he still has stuff he wants to sell. So that's the only reason why I yeah. said he 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 doesn't make nobody <laughs> mad. So far. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't make nobody mad. No problems. So yeah. he's, he's good. Well, we, I mean, look, this is, 
this is really gonna be my last question. We might as well give okay. them the full thing. We might as well. We might as well. We okay. gave them movie. We gave them book. Okay. We gave them comedy special. We might as well give them a song, a couple songs, or just a era of music to listen to in general while okay. they're on quarantine. Okay. Um, so a couple songs to listen to? Yeah. yeah. Um, Go for it. I jump all over the place with music. So if you're into old school R&B, I would say you really need to pick up Rufus and Chocolate Con, Street Player album. Okay. Um, or um, Angela Bofield okay. is my old school go-to, Minnie Ripperton. Um, uh, who else do I love? Oh, I love Herb Albert. Is, is, okay. I love him in that genre. Okay, now if I'm going to go to my current kind of jazzy thing, I love Tom Mish. I love FKJ. My sister, a lot of people don't know, is a very famous singer. Her name is Dominique Fils-Soleil. She's oh. out of Canada. She okay. is very good. All so right. She's in that kind of current jazz scene. Dominique Fils-Soleil. She's on Instagram and at Sing With Me. Okay. It's S-I-N-G uh, with M-I. And uh, she's great. And then um, I listen to her, of course. And then uh, FKJ, the Sago, I love. I love this girl named June Marizzi. She's very good. Okay. And then um, if I'm in my, like, 90s old school mode, I want to hear, like, Black Street. I want to hear. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to hear. I want to hear my 90s old school. Well, I want to hear Joe. Oh, okay. Uh, I like Tyrese's album from back then. Okay. I'm sorry, so Chico DeBarge had a great album in the 90s. I really loved that. I forgot the name of it. Okay. And then if I'm going on to my hippie vibe, then I want to hear Joni Mitchell. Um, a KCU is my favorite song by her. Okay. I want to hear Neil Young. Neil oh, Young, right. um, Harvest Moon. And I want to hear Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Okay. Love them. Okay. And, oh, and my favorite group from that era, kind of also a little later, is Steely Zan. Okay. Steely Zan is probably my go to. Music. Okay. If I'm coming in the house, it's a long day. I'm going to turn on Steely Dan. Okay. You know? Okay. Like. So. <laughs> and then, okay, so now current rap music, that's a hard one for me, but I'm going to say, I do like that. What is that? Blah, 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 My answer. And then for old school oh, rap, I love bad. Ice Cube. I love Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yep. <laughs> Ice Cube. So, I think I've had some really amazing music influences in my life. For sure. So this is Trina McGee. Any last words before we get on out of here? We gave these people a good show today. Very good. This is very good. Any last words? Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we did it like this. We're gonna knock it out the park. Um. I think that people really need to stay safe. Take this time and this time as a time of humbling, a time of reflection. Don't worry. You know, God really has got us. And I know everybody's in different situations on the spectrum of it. But, you know, this is really a time to say, yeah, I, I need I need money. I need I need to survive. But for those of us who were neglecting our health and our well-being for those things, um, this is your time. To, to get that right and um i think uh, i just want to say to everybody just take care you know and and conflicts don't have to be uh brutal battles they can just be uh situations where people progress and come together and come together in harmony 
and the world really needs to start working with each other. Yeah. And uh, so I just really wish everybody would just get that in their heads. We can. It's so easy to get angry, and um, but it's it's not as easy to be the bigger man and um and just stay in a stance of love. So everybody, stay in that stance of love, please. <laughs> you know? Please. Well, yeah. that that is great. From Trina, from me, I'm just going to, you know, that's it. That's all we got to say. Boys to men, take us out, and prime time is all the time.